Hello and welcome to the Ultimate Football Network podcast. Hope everyone is well. Wayne Kelly is on this call. It's just myself and Wayne. What a duo. What a tag team. <laughs> How you doing, Wayne? <laughs> good, Fabrice. I'm good. And I, 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 before, before we start getting into I'd like to wish Fabrice a happy belated uh, birthday. There oh, we go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you very much. I, you know, <laughs> um, I think I've recovered. Um, but, you know, um, I heard that you had a you know, pretty um, eventful weekend as well. Yes, yes, yes. It was, it was a great weekend, but I'm, uh, <laughs> I, I've realised that I'm no longer the party animal. That I wasn't there one point, but I'm definitely not a party animal. <laughs> oh, Taking yeah. too long to recover now. Taking too long to recover. <laughs> oh, great point. Party and career sound like my football career. Taking too long to recover. so um thank you to everyone that's been uh listening please like and subscribe to the um ultimate football network so but you know we're gonna go straight straight into it um when you um you've kind of got a topic or yeah that you kind of want to talk about so let's let's kind of delve straight in yeah 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 i know we've got a lot of referees that like to tune in and listen and we sorry to stop me phone i'm back (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah, I know we've got some referees and we spoke about uh, the referee injury the week and we got into the nitty gritty of rules and the perceptions of referees and how to do things. But I just sort of watched the rugby over the weekend and I was just really impressed with their interpretation of the VAR and how they communicated their decision making and the timing of their decision making um, during the game. It was really good. It was. You sort of knew what, as they were explaining what they were looking at and, and, and what they were thinking, which always helps because sometimes your thought might be completely different to theirs and then you get the perspective of, and their viewpoint of where they're coming from. So I thought that was really interesting and really good. Um, and it was quite quick as well. And the players accepted it because I think they, they understood then where the referee was coming from. So I thought that was really, really good. Um, and also, it was, I mentioned it to, to you earlier on, the, in stoppage time, when stoppage time is up, the game doesn't end until the ball goes out of play. I thought that was really good. It, it made things a little bit more exciting. I think it really worked in football. And it made me think of when the back pass rule came in and how that changed the game. And, you know, it's, it, it continues to change the game now. And I was just interested in think, thinking of people's uh, ideas of, what new rules they'd like to introduce, whether it be something like when the ball goes out, the, the game doesn't end, the ball goes out, play or extra subs or what other rules could change the game again and, and make it even more exciting. And these are, mm-hmm. and, and then, and obviously the, the, the evolution of VAR and, and can we, uh, in football, can we get to the stage where, where they're at with rugby? And, and I'm just interested to hear. Your opinion, Fabrice, and anyone else that wants to jump in. Yeah. Well, you know what? I mean, um, you know, kind of comparing rugby to football, I mean, it's, it's funny. It's, they're worlds apart in terms of the kind of like financial aspect, uh, coverage, 
and also Ekata, sorry, uh, is it um, Ekata? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, of, of literally how black people are. I mean, you know, I think, uh, you know, I, I don't know if it's true or not, but even rival fans sit amongst each other. Uh, yeah. And, 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 you know, you will never get that in football. You know, you will, you know, you like see the referees talking to players and, you know, everything is live. You know, um, and like there's a video cam on the referee, and you know the referee is, is explaining every single decision. You will never get that in football. I can't imagine elite referees wearing um, a, a, a GoPro because, yeah. for whatever reason, it just wouldn't work. Probably, yeah. you know, probably, you know, probably like the bad language, um, I, you know. And again, it's it's puzzling because. You know, that that could be easily rolled out in in the elite game, very, very, very easily. Um, is it a, is it a mentality thing? Is it like for me here anyway? Rugby has got really, really popular because Ireland are obviously doing well, and they, as I I, I, I mentioned earlier to you, the way they've structured their game compared to how the Football Association of Ireland have structured the game. And I'm talking about from the grassroots right through to the amateur game, to the professional game. Um, they've done a much, the RF, the, the, uh, the RF, the, the Irish Rugby Federa uh, Federation, they've, um, they've done it. When you disappeared. Oh, sorry for a sec. Sorry, sorry. Can you hear me now? Yes, yes. Yeah, I think what, for me, the mentality, and as, as I said, they've done a great job in improving the, the game here and everything from top to bottom, so from grassroots to amateur to pro. But the difference for me is I don't think it'll ever be like football because it's a class thing. And what I mean by a class thing, I mean, you know, where I'm from, account from a council estate, you won't see children out playing rugby on the, in, on the fields or out on the streets. They play football. And mm. if you look at, if, if we look at any of the players that are playing in the international squad, they're all from a particular background because you've got to play for your school. Football in this country, you don't, you don't most top players don't play for their school. The school, I know in England, it's pretty big thing to play for your school. But here in Ireland, the school will be, Jesus, well below your priority list. Where in mm. rugby, you have to play for your school. And not many, only elite schools have rugby teams from, yeah. from upper class areas. And I think that has, that might have a huge impact on what you were saying there. Because like, I watched the game and actually, and it was England and France stood out particularly because they were all dressed up like there was loads of guys dressed as nuts and some dressed in, you know, the London gentlemen, the bowler hats and all, mixed in with the French. And they were also drinking. You'd never get that. Could you imagine, could you imagine <laughs> now, you know you're in Liverpool at Anfield and, you know, there's three or four Man United fans, head to toe, Man United gear, sitting in the cop. You know, it's never going to happen, is it? Like having a few beers with the Liverpool fans or some friendly banter. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. 
<laughs> so I don't know if it's, the, if it's the class thing with them, that with the rugby, that, that for me, it hasn't changed in Ireland. Although, as I said, the game is more popular and they've done a, re, you know, a really good job of it. But I, I still think you, you won't see children out throwing a rugby ball around in most parts of the city or even down the country. They're going to be kicking a ball rather than trying to run and touch it down on the ground. That's, that's my opinion now. But yeah. I do like, and I'm not a huge rugby fan myself, the odd time I watch a game, like anyone's sports fan. But what I do like about it is, we might be able to mix the fans, but surely we could take some of the good bits and try and implement them. I think maybe worrying the, the, the referees up, not so much a GoPro, but even a microphone. And when he's conversing with Stockley Park, is that where they do it from? I think the VAR, I think it's called Stockley Park. Um, you know, they're explaining what they're looking at, why they're looking at it. Because sometimes it's hard to even know what they're looking at. You know what I mean? We don't know what they're looking at. And then all of a sudden you get a decision and saying, no, he's offside. Oh, were we not looking at a handball or whatever? You know that way, Luke? Yeah. No, no, that's, I mean, absolutely true. I mean, of course, there was that, it was the Man City-Everton game where, you know, um, it was blatantly a handball and, you know, VR looked at it and still didn't give it. And, you know, they had to apologise, yeah. which, yeah. which, you know... But, which, you but they know, wouldn't have to apologise. If they had said, we don't... If the referee said, we're looking at this handball here in the box, it's after coming up off the ground and it's after, you know... The ball that they're looking like to me is that they're striking Bernardo Silva's hands and they're going, well, we don't see that. We see an act. And then what, what it does is maybe that would, if people go, well, oh, yeah, I see where they're coming from now. It might dampen that, that sort of anger when, when they go, oh, well, that's a genuine mistake. Where I think they leave it open to interpretation where, like I said about that guy that I know, the Everton fan, where they, they believe there's a bias towards the... I won't say bigger clubs, but the clubs up the top, the the the, the higher end of the league, yeah, yeah, United, City, Liverpool's, etc., Arsenal, Chelsea, whatnot. But I think if if they gave it an explanation as the top, as they're making that decision, what they're looking at, why they're looking at it, their thought process, it might start to dampen that sort of anger and resentment and cause of cheat. That's just my opinion. I could be I could be wrong. I'm just interested to see what. Your thoughts, yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh. Welcome, Diego, uh, to the uh, chat. Um. You know, again, please and feel free to like come in. But we were just talking about uh, referees and officials, and actually how um, you know, different sports have, I'd say, like a kind of different type of etiquette to it. Um. I know that you're based uh, across the pond, so possibly. Soccer and American football, I, you know, I don't, you know, we don't know exactly how people perceive the referees at American football and, you know, what like could be taken from American football or even basketball that soccer doesn't have. Um, so, yeah, please like feel free to kind of uh, have your opinion. Uh, referees uh, overall in the United States are well respected. Uh, I think they are, for example, in basketball, it's really rare because in basketball, whatever, if you discuss with the ref, it's a technical foul. 
So it's really weird to you for you to see a player just jumping on the ref. And normally they're talkative. So they'll explain the rules and so on and so forth. Uh, in football, uh, I, I don't know about American football. I've never played it. So I'm pretty sure they will respect it. Nobody's going to, you're never ever going to see a wide receiver tackle the ref. Uh, in football, like European football or the football that I know of, the refs, well, they're pretty horrible overall. I'm not just saying that. That's, for example, you will see your average referee will be overweight and he would not barely move from the center of the pitch. And not only that, he'll insult players also. So, yeah. Mm. yeah, we got bad refereeing. But the worst part is the the younger kids. Uh, if Puerto Rico, for example, has a tough time, I think refs are part of a a player's culture and formation and development, not formation but development. Uh, as in competitiveness, what is a foul? What is not a foul? Uh, what am I going to allow? What am I not going to allow? Am I going to get this under seven kid and charge a throw in because he threw the ball wrong? Or am I just going to just let him play? The kid doesn't have the strength, so he's going to jump and he's going to move his feet. That should be worked more towards under 15, maybe a, a little bit uh, last year under 13. But rest here, don't do that. I mean, the fouls, because they think kids could get hurt and when they are not going to get hurt. They whistle way too often the ball. Uh, they try, they commit uh, like uh, they commit fouls on throw-ins because the kid doesn't want to jump, but he jumps because he doesn't have the strength. Uh, and they force him to repeat it one time, and then they'll switch the ball to the other team. So I pre- I'm pretty sure that I think that's wrong. So when they get to me, when I'm more of a senior level, the players don't compete and still throw the ball wrong the wrong way. So, yeah, that's what I think about the refs overall here. Now, in the term of respect towards players, some refs do respect players. Some of them don't. And you'll have the discussion and you'll hear refs uh, curse at players. I'm pretty sure that's normal in Mexico, Honduras. But here people, like the refs can curse at the players, but the players can curse at the refs. So it's kind of a uh, double standard. So that's pretty much it. I'm pretty sure... uh, I think we had better development for refs. The development from players would be better. So I, I when they're in the youth, I think they're part of that development. And vital, they're vital to the game. They're vital to the game for sure. Oh yeah, it's just it's just it's it's just when you you wouldn't see it, but the moment we had the Six Nations, the end of the Six Nations rugby, and. The respect for the referee and how they deal with it is is it's just it's really really good. I said I'm not a huge rugby fan, but the referee is constantly the respect. Like they say rugby is a, a, a tug's game played by gentlemen, but they do the a uh, three said you know the etiquette towards the referee and the acceptance of a decision, and that takes that takes if there's no. If you've got consistent from top to bottom, particularly from the top down, consistent respect for a referee, but it has to work both ways. It's not just the player, but the referee respecting. And I think in football, that's where we seem to have a lack of respect from both sides because you should have to accept the decision 
I find it amazing why people don't accept, even, you know, we don't like to accept the wrong decision by a referee, but, you know, when you're playing, you make a wrong decision. So sometimes a ref makes a wrong decision, but shouting and bawling and disrespecting doesn't change his mind. So that has to start from the top of the game. And, and rugby, they seem to have it a way, an etiquette of doing it where, and, and the referees word up and you can hear the, the, top, the top process and the reason be, behind our decision. And he's talking you through the decision and it doesn't take very long. And he's talking with the VAR people as well. And, and it seems to work for them. And it's just something that you know, I wonder if it could ever be implemented in, in, in football. But also, as I was saying to Fabrice, I'm interested to hear what people have. When I watch the rugby, they play two minutes injury time. But when the two minutes injury time were up, the game didn't end until the ball went out of play. And I really like that. And I, I think we'd really positive change when, when the back pass rule came in to football and look at the effect that had on the game. You know, you're looking at keepers that have to be able to play where before they could just pick the ball up and bash it forward. You know what I mean? So I'm interested in seeing is there any little rules that people would love to see that would change and enhance their experiences both as not just both but as a player, coach and and fan. Is there any little rules? I know the, the the coaches meet every year and they try to add different things in, like extra subs or whatnot. But I'm interested to see if anyone has any ideas. They'd love to see and and their influence from around the world and other sports of little rule changes in the game. And I'm not talking about handballs. I'm talking about like the back pass rule, like the ball the game not being over till the ball goes out of play. Stuff that could make the game faster and more fun and you know exciting. Yeah. And uh, just to let you know that you've got two minutes before we move on to the next topic. And yeah. also as well, um, uh, welcome to uh, Conway. Um, first time listener. Um, but again, you know, um, I know that's going to be a great contributor as well to this uh, chat. So you've got two, two minutes to, uh, to um, kind of answer Wayne's uh, question before we move on to the next topic. anyone <laughs> i'm sorry i can't really talk because i don't know what wayne's uh topic was about and i got two minutes and that's why i've gone silent so <laughs> no, not a problem no no literally um is there any rules that you'd like you know the elite side to um the kind of elite side of football to implement you know um, you know, well, um, well, well, basically, they can't even get the VAR right, can they, really? So I think that what Wayne's saying is very true, but I think if they can get the decisions more accurate on the VAR, then uh, it's, a, it's a tough one. It's a very tough one. It is a tough one. Yeah, no, I do agree, because they get them more accurate. But if they, you know, people will accept a wrong decision better if they know the reason why. Like, if you think, as I think Brees mentioned earlier on, the Everton and City game, you know, they came out and apologised a couple of days there. Yeah, we got it wrong. But why not explain the decision, why they're making the decision, and why they came to the conclusion? And I think that would, that would, that would create more respect, I think. I, I think with that as well, I think that the decision, I, I don't know, I'm old school. I think that that the referee should go to the monitor and let him make the decision, not them 
I, I can understand for the ball was going across the line, you go to West Straight and but like that decision, I think the referee should have went to the camera and let him make the decision and let not let West Straight and make that decision. Because to yeah. me, it's like a bit of a scapegoat, really. That we don't know. They say someone Joe Bloggs was the one who made the decision, and yeah. he's going the office, and it's over and done with, you know. But um, yeah, it needs to be accountability, looked. isn't it? People see accountability, and they see the respect. I think I think then it can flow both ways, and people will be more acceptable of poor decisions and mistakes because people accept mistakes when they know it's an honest mistake. But when, when, when you're able to question and go, was that an honest mistake? Like, and let's be honest, that, that handball didn't look like an honest mistake. It didn't look like an honest mistake. And, and, and as well, I think the referee, the, the, I'm not, I know money shouldn't come into it, but I think when the ref at, at, at Top Elite is being paid, I think 50 grand, 70 grand a year, I still think that he should, that vast amount of money he's earning, he should be afterwards be questioned on he should be questioned on it. I think he should be able to give answers. That vast amount of money he should be like why he did and put it in his way of what he thought what was happening. Definitely. I think they get away of it too scot free. Then after answer yeah. twenty one, that's it. And I think it would help them as well. People would go, Oh yeah, I get where he's coming from with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I think but that's just my that's just my thoughts and I just said I I I'd, I'd bring it up. Good evening, Barry. Good evening, Barry. Good evening, Barry. So, we're going to move on to our next topic, um, which we'll, we'll be talking for about 10, 15 minutes. Um, and again, um, great, great choice, again, from like Wayne, uh, regarding what Gary Neville said about the United players. Um, and, you know, Wayne, I will literally let you start. Yeah, no, it was it. Gary Neville made some comments about the United players this week. Um, they, they've obviously had, they've, they've got two weeks off, and I think some of them have gone to Dubai for some to watch some boxing. I think uh, Ralph Ragniak is in Barbados watching cricket, and the owners are there as well. What are they in India or something like that? They're watching cricket, and Lingard's in Milan, and they're all off doing their own things. And Neville's come out and. He, he said it's a disgrace. He, he thinks that they, they need to be a little bit more, you know, conspicuous in their absence, you know, keeping a low profile because of the way the season panned out. And he said that would have never happened in his day. He said when, if, even when they drew, they drew a game, they, they, they wouldn't even go for a meal or a drink. And Gary Lineker piped in then and went, the way out that was like, you should have been out, win, lose, or draw, basically on... on uh, on the beer. So, uh, for me, and the question I'm putting out there to everyone is, what's your thoughts on players? Players, for me, they're entitled to their downtime, just like you and I are, regardless of their performance. I don't, I don't really believe players purposely go out to lose games or, you know, there's a reason when there's a, there's a problem. I'm not saying all the time there is some bad egg, but don't believe Mac Marcus Rashford is a bad egg. I think he genuinely, genuinely goes out to give us all for United each week. I just think he's having a bad patch. I think he deserves he deserves uh, a bit of slack personally. That's just that's just my opinion. But I think is it just the time we're in? It's something of the game I don't like, and I'm just interested in what other people think. I, I think Gary Neville. I think Gary Neville. Um, 
I'm the same age as Gary Neville. I think that sometimes as, as a footballer, all right, us generation don't like change, but I think Gary Neville, he, he went to Spain. he done a terrible job there, okay? <laughs> he was part of the England setup. he done a terrible job there. Let's get it right. I remember Harry yeah. Kane was taking corners. So I think Gary Neville yeah. should like, really reel it in as well. And we're talking about, I don't get some, it's a bit of a hypocrite because like, we talk about mental health and things like that. And yeah, I, I would understand if your team was fighting for relegation and you saw the photographs of them out celebrating and all that. That would be, if that was me, I'd be saying, look, Wayne, right, we didn't have, a, we lost the game, but keep everything low key, go away with your family and keep your head down. That's if we're fighting for relegation. But you lost the game, you're out of Europe. It's not the end of the world people's mental health let them just do whatever they want to do i'm old school i mean i am old school same age as gary neville i think we shouldn't really come out and said anything like that i mean but you, but, but you know what kind of will but then you just said if they're fighting a relegation then they shouldn't be going out celebrating or being seen laughing or joking. So no, no, but know, I, I just no, but I said not. I, I didn't say in a way. I'll just say just keep everything low key. Um, when I say low key, yeah. don't put it on social media where you're at. Just keep it low key. Go with your girlfriend. Go with your family, and just keep it low key. That's all I'm saying. Um, I mean, they talk about mental health. I mean, obviously you're a football player. You want to play at the top of your um top of your game. Playing the Champions League, it, I, I don't like Man United. I'm a Liverpool fan, but <laughs> none of those players, none of those players, um, they tried their best. They listened to the coach. You have to remember, you got to blame the coach as well. Come on, I forgot. Yeah. Even, I forgot Man United even had Matter. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, you lose the yeah, game, you bring on Matter, you brought on the guy from Chelsea as well to try and win you a game. I mean, if you're playing, if you're Ronaldo. And, you look at the sub bench, it goes up, and you think Matt is coming on, and you're thinking, uh, what's his name? The the holding player for Chelsea who's there. Uh oh, Matic. Yeah, the man you, Matic, that's, yeah. That's not gonna inspire you to win the yeah, game, yeah. is it? So but, I mean I mean yeah, I, I, I listened to a podcast a while back uh, under the cash with Kevin Campbell and he spoke about a trip they had to Orlando when he was at West Brom. And if you remember, he, it was after the great escape. They had that great escape West Brom. And that totally, they went on that trip. They did a week in Orlando, a little bit of training, a few beers, relaxed, you know, a bit of team bonding. And when they came back then, I think they won six or seven games out of ten. You know what I mean? So, you know, players still have to have a life, just like you and I when we finish work, you know, but they've had a good or a bad week. Sometimes you just need to switch off. You know what I mean? Apparently, Marcus Rashford is training really well. So maybe what he needs is a little bit of time off, away from the pressure ball of it, away from the, you know, the criticism, the constant criticism. Because it's constant. Like, look, I'll, I'll use a Man United, right? And it's a topic that I'm going to mention later about coaches. Look at the praise that, that Arteta is getting for the job he's going to ask. And rightly so. But Solskjaer for two years was doing the same job as what Arteta's doing. And, he, and the United team got abused for finished second and third in the league. So, you know, sometimes you just can't win. They can't win. They, they win, they, they get criticised. They lose, they get criticised. But they, they, they're, surely they're entitled to switch off. And, and when they get time off, they're allowed 
you know, use their, their money that they're, whether you call it hard-earned cash, that's what they earn. You know, I'm told to go and spend it, going to Dubai or going to Mexico or America or whatever. Surely they should be allowed to do what they want. You know what I mean? Like, I think football, football's, I think even I am, I think a lot of us football fans, we like our teams, but we're very impatient. So when we get a new manager, we want him to do miracles. When we got a new player, no matter, all right, then once he costs 20 million or 30 million, we want him to do, we're so impatient. But I think yeah. years ago, what would happen is us five would be sitting in the pub moaning about our teams and that was it. Yeah. Now, yeah. times, the, the lamp stakes change now. So what mm-hmm. we can do, we can go on social media and just barrage or barrage and moan about our team. And then some people think it's in their God rise right to, um, to go onto the players' social media and make comments. So I think it's, it's changed in the sense of, yeah. um, uh, I think that the younger generation, they just letting out their frustration. The days of us just moaning in the pub or just yeah. moaning on a Friday night or on a Sunday morning at football over a player or about our club. I do think some of the clubs do look on social media and, and I think that, and, and then the sponsors are on there keeping the eye on it. I, yeah. I just think we're impatient. As football fans, we're impatient. I'm impatient. Yeah, I'm that's a very good point. I'm impatient. I mean, well, I mean, if Liverpool signed, like, Diaz, 45 million. He's playing well, okay. He, I, I like to, he, he, he's been roughed up a few times. He's got up on the floor and he hasn't rolled and dived. I, I, I'm impressed with him. But if he weren't, I'd be like, wouldn't we buy that for? Do you know what I mean? But I'm, yeah. not, I'm not the type of person who's going to write it on social media or write it on his yeah. things. I haven't got time for that. But I mean, some people have got the time. They're keyboard yeah. warriors and they think that yeah. that's their, their, their right to do that. I think that um, yeah. it's sort of, football sort of just changed, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but Barry or Diego, I would look to get your thoughts about it. <laughs> Barrio Diego. Ah, good yeah, evening. Good evening, everyone. Hi, Diego. Good evening, Barry. How are you doing, Wayne? How you doing, sir? Good. I just good, finished, Barry. I just finished up my cup of tea. I'm having a listen first. Lovely. <laughs> Diego. So I heard, I heard it, he cut off a couple of times. So I heard he was he was talking about Ronaldo and Manchester United, but I don't remember exactly. Like I don't have the the whole thread. Was well, Richard? Um, do you like think it is right for pundits and people on social media to be telling players how they should be spending their free time, especially if their team? Are literally under pressure to either get to Europe, win the league, or battling relegation. Uh, players are humans. They deserve free time, man. I don't know. I mean, they are paid to get uh, to win or to compete in a team, but how they spend their free time—that's that's done within the team. There's a schedule, there's a training schedule, and if they got free time and they want to drink a whole bar, as long as it doesn't affect their their performance, so have at it. 
Okay. That's okay. my belief. In fact, at the at the elite level, I believe uh, less is more. Like I wouldn't concern myself with that, unless it was a problem. If it's a problem, then yes, you have to touch base. But you don't have to tell Cristiano how to spend his free time. He knows how to spend his free time. He's thirty-six. He's won Champions Leagues back to back to back. And he's done it all. He's won everything he, there's, there is to win in football, except the World I Cup. With, so, I, I think with, with this group, is we're all the same age. So everyone sort of goes, yeah, let them get on with it, you know, just be sensible and whatnot. But I think, I think the younger generation tend to get a little bit uppity when they say, oh, look at this guy, he's earning X amount of money a week, and we're not winning. Lack of patience, I think, as Khan said, you know, and they've got a platform to say it where when we were younger and impulsive we didn't have a platform we'd go into walking give out about them at lunch or down the pub at the weekend or you know you're giving out you, you, but now they have a platform but it's uh, it's still not it's still not really acceptable to abuse people or call them out because you've gone to a boxing match you know what I mean like it's it just seems if it's me if I'm Marcus Rashford fragment state and getting called out. He's been given some time off with the club. Nobody knows, you know, why. He might be. He might be the only one to get time off. But there's always a reason for it. And he's and he's been allowed to have some time off. But yet he's getting criticised. You know, no one knows the reason behind it. I, I think that's wrong. That's just, you know, that's because, I mean, I I don't know. But for example, Jack Grealish. I think uh, he was. Uh, his career came. His career was like. Um, I think tarnished by some of uh, his drinking, uh, off the pitch drinking, and I don't know. I think it's a harsh thing to do to a player, especially that the when he's that good. Like you see, Jack Grealish at 18, you nobody can say like he's well. He needs to develop more. Of course, every player needs to develop more. But what they do with their free time, as long as it doesn't involve bad public, like horrible public image, or Oh, hold on! Uh, I don't know, or, or bad, per or that is affecting his performance. It shouldn't be an issue. For example, Dembele, Dembele is an example of bad free time. I'd rather have him drinking and going out than staying at home, because he used to invite. But when he arrived in Barcelona, he used to invite a hundred friends and have a tournament on PlayStation. And he would miss training because of that. Yeah. So PlayStation was an issue. It wasn't drinking. It wasn't that he was missing, but he was missing uh, training. He was arriving late at training because of PlayStation. Not drinking, not uh, having prostitutes, not having bro or females in his own on, or friends, female well, friends. The problem is he wasn't having real fun. <laughs> he was playing PlayStation. Sounds like it. Sounds he's like it. Hurt because of that shit. Who's that? Dembele. Dembele. Yeah. yeah. Dembele. Yeah, I heard about so, it. So. What do you tell that player? What do you tell that player? Go out and drink? Yeah. <laughs> you can't tell him to go to sleep. He's at his home. Are you going to check on his home? Hey, are you asleep? Are you going to call him? If you call him, you're already waking him up. He's asleep. So what do you what do you do in that? I mean, the only yeah. thing you can do, you arrive late at training, you're fined. How many weeks? Yeah. One week. 
How many? How many? How much money? A hundred thousand. Like Chavi did. Chavi did that. First week, he just said, "If you're if you're late, uh, if you're at eight o'clock here, you're late." And he arrived at eight thirty. You know what Chavi did? Went to the porta. Hey, this player, a hundred thousand pounds. Fine. No if, yeah. no but. Ricky Puig, same thing. He went outside. He was drinking. He was using hookah. He was doing all sorts of stuff. And he was taking his ass up. He appeared in pictures and journals. Fine. You gotta go. With, yeah. You gotta go about that. You don't tell them what to do, but you tell them there's risks to your actions. There's consequences, and you make him accountable for those consequences. I think that's the most you can do. Yeah. I forgot the yeah. question. The breeze. What's the question? So we were talking about the. You know the downtime the players have and and the abuse that they get because I, I just said Marcus Rashford stands out because he never does anything bad. You know what I mean? The guy, he stands yeah, up. Yeah, but the guy Wayne, you know? the guy's been charged, isn't it? The guy's been charged for racial abuse. You do no, know that. Uh, yeah, no, no, I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about that video. No, yeah. Gary Neville was calling him out the United players during the week because they've had some time off and Rashford went to the box and. Uh, out in Dubai and Lingard's over in Milan and uh, Ragnac is in uh, the Bahamas watching cricket and Neville called them out to say that they should be keeping a low profile because of the way the season's going and he said that wouldn't have happened in my day we wouldn't even went out if we had a draw and Gary, Gary Lineker jumped in and said told him will you cop on like you know what I mean Use were out drinking whether he's won, loss, or draw. True. So we were just chatting. That's the thing. You know, yeah, but Wayne, but you said they, they're young men, man. Come on. They're going to. That's what I'm saying. Can't they're, they're young men. That's, that's exactly what I've been saying. I think it's wrong. Yeah, I think they're young men. They, they let them live He's entitled to go out and have a good time regardless. You yeah. know what I mean? It's not the man. It's, if that and Marcus Rashford does everything by the book, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, he, he's not. He, he's like. You know, yeah, he's hitting a bit of bad form, but like, he's going to play 200 and odd with games. That, with, with, that, with that Man United team, who's going to be there next season? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's really <laughs> going to be at Man United next season? That's the big question. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I can see a big clear out coming down there at that club. Yeah, but see, you're um, said and done. See, you're said and done. Because, it, you know, trying to get rid of that amount of players and replace them at the same time. It's very hard to do now in the transfer in the transfer they've, market. The way they've got, it's quite few, they've got quite a few of them though running their contracts are running out. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the easy ones. Yeah, they're the easy ones. Buying, to get rid of. But, but buying and selling players, it's not easy now. Two, four, five deals is not easy. It's not like years ago when Fred's gonna pick up the phone to Wilkinson and go, "Can I get such a body?" And you go, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, no bother. Yeah, we'll send them down." You know what I mean? Like, Send us over the money, a check, you know what I mean? That them days are gone. Yeah, but players don't want to move. They're on a great contract. Why would I want to move? Yeah, yeah that's it. If, I can, if I'm earning that amount of money, why do I want to move? It's not like before where players had, had this sort of um, integrity that I'm a footballer, I want to play football. It's more based on money. How much money can I make in my career? It's more based like that now. Yeah. Ah, the umtities of life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to hit the next uh, the next topic? Um, yeah, I, definitely. I'll tell you what one, because Barry Chee is on, 
I watched Crystal Palace yesterday. You better and, watch Crystal Palace. You better watch them. And what I'm what I'm interested in talking about is up and coming young British and Irish players because at the moment there seems to be particularly the British girls an abundance of talent. It's incredible. Like you look at the players, look at Palace yesterday at the centre half uh, I can't say his name what's his name? G G G H I G G G E U H I. Yeah, uh, yeah, I can't Mitchell. pronounce his name. You've got uh, Mitchell, Elise, Eze, Eze, Eze. Really good players. And mm. even Everton, a couple of good young players, like, you know, yeah. young Anthony Gordon and that. There's so many good young British players at the minute. Absolutely. Conor Gallagher, um, Dennis City, it's Phil Foden and You've got the guy Cole Palmer that seems to be coming through and, and Tommy Doyle. Then at United then, I know Mason Greenwood's had his problem, but he's still an incredible talent. They've, yeah. got, uh, they've got the lad, uh, well, he's not British, but Ganaccio, he's in the Argentina squad. You know, Liverpool have Curtis Jones and Harvey Elliott. There's just young talent. Arsenal at the moment, Saka, Smith Rowe. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, but once again, Barry, I think if some of those players like we're in impatient, so I mean, look at Rashford in the sense that when Rashford burst onto the scene, everyone was Rashford, Rashford, and his last 18 months or last year, things hasn't been going well, and people are losing. Their patience of him and abusing him. You see what I mean with some with some fans. What they're like. I heard good things about this player. Hold on, Charlie Savage from Wales, Manchester United. Uh, I think he used to be at Leeds. Savage son. I think he used to be at least, wasn't he? Didn't he? No. Yeah, he made his debut in the Champions I think Jamie mentioned him the other week. Is Charlie McNeil. Well, I heard I heard a lot of goals. Your favorite sporting director, Victor Ora, talk about him. I said, I go, oh, didn't know about that. But even, so, even yeah. the players that are, like the England, the England squad now, like, look at the rifles. Like, you had, actually, we never mentioned, but even now in the Championship Forest, the guy, the, the rifle there, come up your way, Barry. Um, Spence, is that his name? Second name, Spence. He's yeah, on his own. He's on his own. His family lives in Norwood, not far from us. Yeah. yeah quite a few people know him, yeah. He played for Fulham. He got released by Fulham. Yeah, Carvalho at Fulham. Fulham, Fulham has been created. Have, have, yeah. have a quite a decent little youth setup. You've yeah, but Carvalho, Wayne, Carvalho came over. Carvalho was playing for a team called Ballon Blazers. Oh, but wow. he was in the Benfica Academy when he came what? over. Right, right. So he was a top player when he came to England anyway. Oh, I thought he was English. I thought he was English. Well, Cavallio, no, he came from Portugal. 
Oh, did he? Right. And he didn't have a club. He was playing grassroots, and he got really? picked up by Fulham. Wow. Wonderful, brilliant player, brilliant, brilliant player. Yeah. It's just, but even when you look at, look at, look at the options England have now at Royful, the boy at Brighton, Lamperty. You know, like there's just. Yeah. It's off the scale, isn't it? Like, he's from, he's, he's from Chelsea. He was at Chelsea, Lampy. They released him, didn't they? That's right, yeah, yeah. And, and the other boy at, at Southampton, Livramato. That, oh, yeah, he's that, a good player. Yeah. He's a yeah. Chelsea player. Rightful. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Trent, you've still got Trent there. People forget Trent only, what, 22, if even. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, it's just, the talent is incredible at the moment. Absolutely incredible. But, but like also on the other hand, I think a lot of those players are going to get very disillusioned with with the international route because uh, there's going to be a lot of players that, that we think should be playing international football for, you know, let's say for England. Um, and a lot of them are not going to get a snick. So, yeah. you know... So I think Alinte has to say for Nigeria, hasn't he? Yeah. So, what? you know... So, yeah, so there's going to be a lot of players... That are gonna use their dual nation, you know, nationality to yeah. to to literally play in um like the major tournaments. And Sorry for a sec, get... Sorry for a sec. Can I just say that mean now Ireland are gonna be back because that's what that's how we got to the World Cup. We robbed all the English players. <laughs> that mean we're gonna be back. <laughs> any boys, if any of these boys got an Irish shatter had a Guinness, we'll have them. We'll have them. <laughs> I let them know that. Wayne, 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 you can have them. I'm born in England and I stopped supporting England from the 90s. I do not support England Football Club. I do not support them. I mean, we've got to be the only nation who carries on talking about 1966. How many years ago was that? Exactly. In the past. Spot on, on, spot on. The the flair players don't get a chance. They don't want the flair players to do their stuff. I do not support England football club. No to way. Brief. Hold it. To Brees. Oh. Who was that guy? Remember that guy was on your show and he was chatting that crap back. England was a great success and all this stuff. Who was that? Um, I, how many shows have we had? We've had many. I no, you were there. I, know that. I remember all your shows, mate. I can't remember his name. <laughs> I don't, don't but hey, you, you know, I've, you know, um, I think one of the, the last tournament was a great success for England, and this—that's my problem with a lot of England fans. They think just reaching the final is a success with the squad they've got. It's very different from every country. Very, very different. But it's, you know, it's embarrassing. But, that's what I'm trying to say. But I've got to preach. Well, we just embarrassed the Jews about Ireland. We can't even qualify. For the Euros, you only had to finish in the top three or group. And we still, they basically, all we had to do was fill in the application and send it back to me. Still didn't qualify. <laughs> Wayne, you've had your, Wayne, you've had yeah, your but, glory, you've had yeah, your but glory. Barry, but, but Barry, but Barry, to be honest, Ireland doesn't keep on saying that they're the best. They invented football and they done this, they done that. Yeah, well, that's, fairness, that's yeah. Okay. England, England keeps on and on and on. The golden generation and they say that every. That, 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 if you're centre forward, why would you want to play for England now? Harry Kane gets to play in all these friendlies against ex-postmen, bar staff, <laughs> shopkeepers, yeah. and and they say, "Oh, he scored this amount of goals." It's embarrassing. 
Yeah, that's they, true. They did what they did to him. Like, remember when Shearer, Shearer had that spell? Shearer did yeah. score for maybe... I can't remember. Remember, maybe two years in yeah, this yeah, A year with Terry in 1996, and he scored his goal. And he still started every game. It doesn't make no sense. Yeah. Look at, look at yeah. David Beckham. And at the end of the days, we had Andy Cole, Ian Roy, Robbie Fowler, who yeah. were scoring fucking loads of goals. Yeah. yeah. Look at David Maguire. Look, look at Harry Maguire. Harry Maguire is still in the squad. And you've got, apparently, he's one of the players of the year in Italy is Tamari up in AC Milan. And he's not in yeah. the squad. Wow. He, doesn't, he doesn't fit their golden boy, the sponsors and all that. That's why. Cause it, yeah. Because Harry Maguire costs £80 million and they dropped him to put that other guy in. It looks bad in England. And that's what England would rather do. Uh, oh, so they've named the squad. They named the squad. They they never put the. I've forgotten the guy. But Wayne just mentioned his name, and they never put that guy in. And you just think, how does that work? And Harry Maguire's on it. Isn't it meant to be on form? And then Gareth yeah. Southgate saying, "I was the experienced player and all that." Given the choice, you'd have to put the uh, the guy who's in Italy in there, but they just won't do it. And they're too friendly. They're not even competitive games. They're friendly. <laughs> Exactly. That's one position I think England suffers a lot. The center back position, I think England suffers way too, way too much. They don't have the quality players like they have on the other side of the other pitches, on the other side of the pitches. But they're starting to come true now, Diego. As you said, as I mentioned, you've got Samari in Italy at AC Milan. Callum Aldini's been shooting. Apparently, he's been one of the players of the year in Italy. You've got the boy at Crystal Palace really good. You've got, you know, John Stones can play. You know, there is better centre-halves now. Yeah. Uh, uh, Godfrey at Everton looks a good player as well. There is other players that are, are starting to play well, Godfrey. you know what I mean? Yeah, but Wait, Wayne, Godfrey? Yeah, yeah, but I, I don't think they have the... For, hold on. Like, for example, would you compare... You, what's the best defender from England? The best centre-back? Yeah, Who is the best centre-back from England? Is it John Stones? No. He can't is it Maguire? He's probably the is most comfortable on the ball. Is the it, most is it Tyler Ming? Stones. If, if Stones. I had to pick it out of three of those, I'd go Ming. Tyler Ming's Ming. the best defender from England. Ming! From those, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're taking the Wayne, Wayne, I'm asking. Wayne, you've been drinking I'm too asking. much. <laughs> <laughs> Wayne, the Ming. best defender from England. That's very true. Who's the best defender from England? Huh? Who's the best defender from England? The best center back or center half from England? The Liverpool guy. Gomez. Liverpool, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I haven't seen a center, a center, a defensive half or a center back that compares to PK. No, you, that's you know for the national team in England. And PK is not on the national team. You know what it is, and and um, I think it goes down to not even just for the international self, but of course club. You know, it's all about the formation that you play, and uh, and I think I think Harry Maguire in back three is probably one of the one of the better centre backs than than in the back 
two, oh sorry, in a um, back four. Um, but yeah, you know, I do agree. Um, you know, um, Tiori should have at least got a call up. Um, yeah, exactly. You're playing a friendly and you put Harry Maguire in. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, the Palace guys got called up though. The guy from Palace is in the league. Yeah, and Mark Gray is in there. Yeah. And again, I'm, I'm a big fan of Stokes, but he's very conservative. Very conservative. Well, I do like I don't him. Like I like South him. If you were to pick a guy who looks like the FA, it's Karatoke, isn't it? Yeah, he fits the bill. Like, he's another one. I don't like Southgate. I'm not a Southgate fan. I like him. I do like him, but he is too conservative. I think anyone else in charge for that Euros, and you'll probably go on a minute easily. Of course, England's best defence was that day, was attack. He should have used yeah. the post against Italy and, and do that. But he was more concerned of, I don't know what he was thinking. I don't know what he was thinking. Like, you're scared of Italians. Let the ball, you can't move as quick as the ball. Get the players with pace to get the Italians. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know what? I think, again, this is actually where we can be very fickle about certain things. Because like, don't forget, and I know we're, we're probably going off topic a little bit. Um, and, and again, thank you to everyone that's been listening so far. But don't forget, Gareth Southgate made some big decisions in that uh, tournament. Sterling, like, Sterling wasn't playing well for Man City in that season. But, you know, Southgate stuck with Sterling for the whole tournament. Let's not... Let's no, 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 that. hold on, hold on a minute. Sterling started oh, the first goal, first game. He scored a goal. He had a good game, and then he stuck with him. If Sterling didn't score that in that in that first game, we wouldn't have seen Sterling again. So it was but, a, like a little gamble, wasn't it? Really? Yeah, no, but but it was still a gamble because at the time he wasn't in the Man City team, and also as well in in key games. I think it was even against Denmark, I believe, or some. I can't remember what like team. Gareth Southgate substituted a substitute to literally make sure that England got through. There's not a lot of international or England managers or even managers full stop that would make that type of bold decision. And okay, you know, he, okay, okay, I think okay. he's, yeah, I think you're right. I think he deserves a bit of credit. I think he's okay, a guy like him. I do like him, but I do think he's very conservative. I think okay. England did his legs from good teams. They got a good run in that in that tournament as well and I just felt they didn't put them to the sword with the talent that 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 just had can I ask a question then in the in the penalties if you say that he's think what kind of silliness was that then for the penalties to take us to have Rashford in the right back and he gambled on that he gambled on two plays never even touched the ball to take penalties mm. Did you? I know what the outcome was, but I thought that was very silly to have done that. Harry, yeah, Harry Kane should have came off in that in that last game in that final. He should have took Kane off. Kane didn't play well enough. Exactly, he wouldn't take him off. This is the thing why I don't support England. I mean, it's all about keeping the sponsors. It's too much of a yes man. We need someone like you will never take Kane off. There's no way, no way to take him off. You'll never get the England job. You'll never get the England job unless you're yes, man. We've we've seen that in the 70s with the Brian Clough 
You know what I mean? Like, like Brian Clough does for that England job. He's probably. I'm not even saying you know, because you're a guess man. It's, 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 it's debatable that Brian Clough is was the greatest British manager of all time. You know what mm. I mean? It, it's debatable, and they didn't touch him in a bad ball because he's not a yes man. You know what I mean? Like, and, and the FA will never change, never. Yeah. And I want to say, I got a question. And you know what? Boss and on that, sorry, um, Diego. And and on that yeah. note, I think it's a great time to to end the podcast. But guys, still kind of keep, you know, still um, do not log off. But again, thank you to everyone out there that's been listening. Um, please like and subscribe to the Ultimate Football Network, and we will see you next week, Monday.